0: Well, 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 Audrey, it is a Wednesday night, which means one thing, Tech Vibe Radio. We're coming off the heels of our first ever virtual CIO of the year awards, and it completely blew my mind. Like I just I knew everything's crazy in this day and age when you know we've got to have virtual events. We can't get 800 people into a room like we normally like to do at the tech council. So we had to do a little innovating over the past couple of months, and I think it paid off. What do you think?
1: I was amazed. I was amazed that with the amount of, um, you know, virtual fatigue that people have right. around, you know, all this technology and sitting in front of the computer and having interactions that I thought, and, you know, people having quote unquote virtual happy hours and yeah. remember at the beginning of COVID, you know, people yeah. would get together and <laughs> have these. and I know there are people still trying to do this virtual networking, etc. But there is something <laughs> to the work that we've done at the tech council of understanding connections, celebration, intimacy, mm-hmm. business development and having fun that we're able to sort of mash up and then have a partner like skinny time media, right. that can sort of take our ideas and take our instructions and try to create this experience that was surreal. So the coolest thing was that everyone, you know, people who are chief information officers and chief security officers are unsung heroes. They really are. They are doing work that every one of us take for granted. But boy, when things go down, or woman, when things go down, exactly. they are the first to be beat up. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Not a nice way either.
1: (laughs) And what was so cool was for the people who won to talk about, when they gave their speeches, to talk about what what has been going on in their worlds over these last four to five months and the roles that they've taken Mm -hmm. and to be able to be celebrated by it was really you know and in a really authentic way i want to brag i think we did a great job
0: i think so too
1: and you know to have like 400 people on a zoom to stay on a zoom yeah and normally it's like our 800 person event and to know that people were there with their families and that they were there you know i don't care in their robes or in their backyards it was just it was just very, very special and done really well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I- we
1: had a lot of so let me just go through who some of these winners are. Yes, please. So maybe their friends and family are listening. So we had the chief information officer for government and nonprofit. The winner went to John Cassidy. Yes, it He's is. The Chief Technology and Operations Officer for Federal Home Loan Bank of Pittsburgh. And all of you should know that with the CARES Act. The banks have been operating beyond full throttle. They had to be up 24-7.
0: Nothing can blip, and that's how. For
1: the Small Business Association and all the loans. Chief Information Officer for the megabyte category was JJ, Jason James, also known as JJ, and he's from NetHealth, and that's a company that's been on the rise for, what, almost... Two decades, maybe? Like
0: 20 plus years. Yeah, I've been following right. them for literally and so 20 They years.
1: have been growing through organic growth, uh, started as as wound care management, and have just really expanded. And so here he is in the middle of healthcare. Yeah. Middle of that. And yeah, so it was great to hear from him. CIO for the megabyte, I mean, for the gigabyte, gigabyte. Category yeah. yeah. was um, Craig Dean, Chief Technology Officer of Oric. Mm-hmm. Which absolutely was operating on full throttle. And then we had Terabyte, Chief Information Officer, Richard Smith, Vice President at WebTech, and they're in the middle of an integration with oh, really? GE. Ah. General Electric in the middle of all of this. They're wow. still working on an integration, yep. and everyone's working from home. <laughs> so then we were thrilled to have the chief information security officer of education and nonprofit. And this is the assistant vice president chief information security officer at Carnegie Mellon, Marianne Blair. She got a, t- a chance to talk about, you know, her work oh, yeah. in the middle of all this, which was just phenomenal. And then another chief information security officer of a public company, which is Arconic, in, which was part of Alcoa at one point, And that was Ryan Shaw. Who absolutely is lovely, great sense of humor, and it's working round the clock. Absolutely. Then there was a rising star, Angela Foglia, and she's the IT director at Met Structure Systems, which was part of Alcoa. You
0: no, know, Audrey, I heard at work they call her Angel.
1: Her name is Angel. Yes, sure. she's an Angel.
0: Saying, because they say she's one of the nicest people out there. And her and she, she had, she was tearing up on her acceptance speech a little bit too. I mean, she was super cool. She was great. And Audrey, you cannot forget Chris Kowalski, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago. And then we had Chris Kowalski,
1: who was nominated by his peers for the Chief Information Officer Choice Award. And then, you know what we did? Since we couldn't recognize him and we run these shows like the Academy Awards? right. Allison on our team, who runs these major events, and myself drove to his house the night before and <laughs> decorated his lawn with That's signage awesome. that That's said CIO cool. choice in huge, professionally cut foam core.
0: <laughs> professionally cut. I like the way you mentioned that. Professionally cut.
1: And awesome. uh, we have pictures of it on LinkedIn, and we surprised him.
0: Very cool.
1: So much fun! What a great so week last week honored. was it
0: to have that come off and to still keep the community together to honor the women and men behind you know these companies like you said very thankless work sometimes but it is absolutely critical work mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm kind great. of breathing the sigh of relief right now because I know we were so tense and so worried about it but man it, it came off and it just makes me look forward to doing more stuff like this the best we can despite what the conditions are out there don't you think?
1: It was great. It was great. Such an honor.
0: Definitely. So
1: thrilled. We have a great show ahead.
0: Yeah. We've got some great guests. We have Crystal Morrison stopping by from Integrated Village talking about their new Meerkat Village technology, which I think is particularly cool. T Mobile is now in town offering some serious 5G and a massive network And hear what that means to Pittsburgh and Keekso, a new AI company here in Pittsburgh, doing some really cool stuff. So we got we got quite the show in front of us today tonight audrey i can't wait to get to it so what do you say we take a break come back and start hanging out with t-mobile and make this thing happen stay tuned absolutely this is jonathan
1: kirsten and this is audrey russo
0: we are from the pittsburgh technology council learn more about us at pghtech.org we'll be right back after this quick break We are back bringing you more Tech Vibe Radio on a Wednesday night. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And Audrey, you know, it's been all the buzz in town, the whole mobile, the whole merger of T Mobile and Sprint. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah. I mean, we've been seeing it in the news forever and it finally happened. And then, my gosh, it happens during the whole COVID pandemic. And it's just kind of crazy. But we know it means some really cool things for the marketplace out there, especially for Pittsburgh and 5G. And I'm just really excited to have Niraj Singh here today from T-Mobile. He's with their, he's their business VP of enterprise. Niraj, thanks for hanging out with us today.
2: I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm really excited. Thank you. Good news happening all the way around, but what crazy times for this news be happening, huh? Oh, Absolutely. I- you know, trying... Trying to get two large companies together in the midst of the COVID, right? Yeah. Post-merger, now we are a Fortune 40 company. Right. So imagine people working out of their living rooms, trying to get all this together. Two large networks, two sets of people. Oh, It's been a phenomenal ride.
0: Yeah. And two cultures and, and it's just everything. But you guys are doing it. You're bringing it together despite all the crazy. Absolutely Absolutely. It's, like it's coming together pretty seamlessly too, huh?
2: And the good news is the market has looked at it very positively. So okay. if you look at our stock price mm-hmm. from April 1st to now, yeah. it has gone from around $80 to about one hundred and four hundred and five dollars Wow. So the market has responded really, really well to this merger.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it's providing another alternative in the marketplace, a powerful alternative in the marketplace. Absolutely. I think markets react positively to that. So I think
2: that's not
0: with it for sure. So maybe start with kind of just give us what are some of the TD, T details now, key details now. I'm having a hard time speaking today. It's like not coming out right, and I apologize. Key details on, on, on the merger. Like what does this mean now? I and mean, we have this a mega T-Mobile now is what it boils down to with some 5G stuff Sure.
2: So when you talk about any mobile operator, right, the key thing, the scarce resource is the airwaves. It's the spectrum. Right. And you keep hearing about this all the time. Now, if you look at from a legacy perspective, there were four big operators, right? And everybody had some spectrum and pretty much everybody was maxed out. The good news with Sprint was they had tons of spectrum that they never used, which is in the mid-band, the okay. 2.5 gigahertz that you talk about. Sure. Now, that's the spectrum that you need to roll out a true national mobile 5G network ah, okay. is that mid-band spectrum. Now, T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon had none spare. So whatever they had in the mid-band, they had already used up to deploy for LTE, which is what you enjoy today, the 4G. Right, okay. Sprint had 160 megahertz. So that's a lot. Typically, what you need is somewhere between 40 and 60 megahertz. We had 3X in terms of the quantity and, and completely empty. We hadn't used it. So wow. now that the merger has happened, we have tons and tons of this scarce resource, which the other two do not have. So we can launch a truly nationwide, brand new, shiny 5G network because of the spectrum we had. And the analogy that you draw, if you look at it from a highway perspective, you know, you you, you look at how many lanes you have. Right, and how many cars are flowing through the lanes? Yeah, give us. That's how you look at spectrum. Okay.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I'm assuming you got so, a wide highway with tons of lanes, right?
2: With so tons what, of lanes and no cars.
1: What can the users expect? So think about that from a user standpoint. What can we? What will be different for us?
2: So, users come in a lot of. Um, use case, right? So there, there are obviously the consumer users like you and me using our individual phones, right? Before we launched 4G, we were used to making voice calls and the experience on data wasn't that great, right? So we relied on home broadband. Once we got LTE, slowly we started to get rid of landlines, focus on mobile phones because the speeds were great. At times, we didn't even have broadband at home and the 4G speeds LTE was decent enough to do a lot of applications. Now, what you do is when you think about 5G, you go exponential in terms of speeds and capacity. So you can actually remove that physical connection. You know, you no longer need that physical connection if you have 5G because of the speeds and capacity. So what it... Means to a consumer like us, we can do a lot of stuff using a handset. So you don't need to be tethered to a Wi-Fi, uh, to a geography, to a location in terms of doing what you need to do. If you, especially if you're a power user, right? And if you look at the new generation, the millennials, they are very data hungry in what they do in terms of the apps they use, in terms of communication, online gaming, augmented reality right? So for that, you need a lot of speeds and bandwidth. And that's what 5G brings. So this is more from an individual perspective. Once you get into businesses, then there are like, there's no limit to to the use cases. You know, we, we didn't hear about gig economy till we launched 4G. So similarly, as we launch uh, and enable 5G on our networks, we have no idea in terms of the use cases and the economy that we're going to spawn, new businesses that will spawn off this over the next few years.:
0: That's a That'll really be point. just amazing.. Yeah, work work up, on. yeah, no one thought about ordering an Uber when, when there was just 3G technology.: we, Exactly. As as possible. So Now 5G's here, like I said, it's a brand new horizon. Like what technologies can be deployed now? To us at the tech council, we get pretty pumped because we think that's the next wave of entrepreneurship to create these companies, to create solutions running on a 5G network.
2: Exactly. And, you know, a few of the examples is autonomous cars. You know, Pittsburgh has become a hotbed for testing and a hub for autonomous cars, right? That can only be enabled with the 5G because of capacity and latency. That's the other thing we have to keep in mind. Mm. What 5G brings is not just the speed and capacity, it's also the latency in the network. And that's what you need for an autonomous car. Then you get into smart manufacturing, which is a big hub in and around Pittsburgh. sure. Uh, so, yeah, so, so it'll, you know, it'll, it'll make a huge impact on the businesses around Pittsburgh in terms of autonomous cars and anything smart, whether it's smart manufacturing, smart facilities, smart cities, smart buildings, you know, the whole nine yards.
0: It's just so exciting that, that T-Mobile is now like is in the, the beginnings of launching this, going nationwide, also here in the Pittsburgh area. I feel like we're at this dawn of like a whole new just generation right now of getting tech done in Pittsburgh.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, when we launched 5G, our first two launch markets um, was actually Pittsburgh, uh, sorry, it was Philadelphia and New York and a fast follow was Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh That's was actually a third market in which we launched. And the reason we did that is, we looked at the potential upside of of where we start. Eventually, we're going to cover the whole country. But we said, where is the low-hanging fruit? Where can we make an impact? And Pittsburgh was right there.
0: I like hearing
1: that. What are you doing in terms of organizationally now, in terms of your engagement and support in Pittsburgh?
2: So, you know, given that we've invested so much uh, as far as the network is concerned, Uh, as the leader in that business, in that space, managing that region, I've actually tripled my headcount. So as we speak, I'm adding a lot of staff uh, focusing on small business, medium-sized businesses, large corporates, as well as the government business. So I'm actually staffing up in 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 a big way and focusing on the greater Pittsburgh area to leverage what we've done in terms of investment in the network.
0: That's exciting. Wow. I mean, tripling here in Pittsburgh. That's, that's yep. pretty intense. I mean, obviously, this is a big thing. I understand why your stock price is going crazy. <laughs> so amazing. We got about a minute or so left. Is there any other parting thoughts on just the power of 5G and just the importance of, of T-Mobile now doing what it's doing?
2: So so just, just some stats, right? I mean, today right. on LTE, on an average, you get about 30 to 40 megabits of download speed, right? You take that, and as, as I said, Spectrum comes in three bands, low band, mid band, high band. You take it to the low band 5G, and you get to about 60 and 8, you know, 60 to 80 megabits. But the mid band, and that's what you know, Sprint brought to the table with this merger. We actually get into the 400 megabits. So now you have 10x the speeds and capacity that we are talking about, that's yeah. right. and, and that's what we are bringing uh, to, to 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 the uh, to the nation as well as Pittsburgh.
1: Did you change your website? Is there a new website?
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. And and shortly, we will be launching a new campaign. So wait and watch. Come first uh, first week in August, there'll be a brand new campaign uh, focused on enterprises. Very cool. So more to come. We
1: are so excited about if people want to know more? If people want to know more about your website, where would they go?
2: Oh, tmobile.com. Just ah. that simple. And they have a business yeah. section. Absolutely. Very cool. And yeah. they can awesome. click on the business section. Absolutely. There are tons of information there. Nirosh,
0: you are the best. So glad T-Mobile is doing what it's doing, making Pittsburgh proud here, without a doubt. Conversation with you has just been fantastic. Thanks for hanging out with Tech Vibe today. do appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciated yeah. the conversation.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. We're taking a quick break. This is Jonathan Kirsting. This is Audrey Rousseau. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. So everyone out there listening, I'm going to guarantee them a really good time, or Tech Vibe Radio is going to give you all your money back, and then some. I'm just saying right now, we've got a great guest. We have Crystal Morrison here from Everise, but also with a new startup she has going on here that I'm just excited to talk about with Integrated Village and Meerkat Village. Really cool stuff. So glad to have you on the show today, Crystal. Audrey, I know you know Crystal quite well, Well, too.
1: Crystal, you didn't have enough to do. Exactly. You already had this company, Everise, right? And you figured you know, that you don't have enough to do.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, I know. Why, why not, why not start a new company and, and do something cool. Right. <laughs> she didn't want to
0: sleep so, anymore. So she to start a mean? new company. <laughs> what's, what's
3: the history here? Give us the background and
1: then jump into the, the what and the why.
3: Yeah, sure. So, um, The the background on Meerkat Village and Integrated Village, um, you all are absolutely familiar with the Upprize competition um, here in Pittsburgh. Yes, we are. Yep, for sure. Um, Two years ago, uh, I went to one of the uh, informational sessions for Upprize and met this really cool dude, Dan Richeson. Dan has been, uh, for over 30 years, working with children and family, uh, especially children that have behavioral challenges. And uh, he told me about the idea he had for the Upprize competition. And because of my own family's needs, I immediately loved it. And the idea was Meerkat Village. And so Dan and I have uh, partnered together over the past couple of years to try to bring Meerkat Cat Village to reality. And we've partnered with three other folks uh, out in Greensburg uh, to create Greensburg. the software without-
0: yeah, Greenberg, cool, man. I—that there's a whole story there. Keep going. I know, whole <laughs> other
3: story, right? So we partnered with with those guys to create a new company, Integrated Village, and have launched Meerkat Village, uh, just over the past couple months, actually. And so,
1: what? Talk about what the what the what is. So what? Yeah. Is?
3: What's the what? What's the what, what and the why? <laughs> and so why. yeah. What? So this is very this is very personal to me. I have a 16 year old son with special needs. Uh, he has Asperger's. He's on the spectrum, and so what that means is that over the past 16 years of his life, I have interfaced with no less than a hundred different teachers, therapists. Oh, wow. Uh, Psychiatrists, medical professionals, educational professionals in two different states, in multiple different schools, right? It's absolutely exhausting. So the purpose of Meerkat Village is to allow, to give families a tool. Uh, to bring together all of those different professionals in their child's life and bring them together in an online platform to build communication, to share ideas and strategies about how to help the child, and to then track the child's uh, improvement. And as a parent who's been trying to navigate this for years, uh, I've always wanted to have something like this to, to allow me to just get everybody on the same page, right? To stop communicating the uh, same thing makes, to everyone. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, is this, isn't this what an individual
1: education program is supposed to be? An IEP?
3: Uh, so absolutely. So an IEP uh, is part of the scenario. It's a uh, an opportunity for the different professionals to come around a table and talk about the different ways they can support the, the child. Right. The challenge is, is that, there's often very little interaction between those professionals after the meeting ends. Right. That's right. Right. Mm. So, so this particular platform is both HIPAA and FERPA compliant. So all of those consent forms you sign when you're doing an IEP, all of those things are already built into the platform. Mm. So,
1: You're saying no one, it's, first of all, it's so cool that this is happening, like right around the 30 year mark of the ADA, the American Disabilities Act, mm-hmm. because 30 years marks, you know, you think we made a lot of improvements, but we really made most of our improvements are really around physical asset access, yeah, buildings oh. and construction, but not necessarily in the kind of access and integration that you've talked about. Right. So, do you have you seen any competition out there? Not yet. Not yet. Obviously not
3: yet. Um, uh, This this particular field you know when it comes to treating children with social emotional behavioral challenges you know we still rely very heavily on paperwork and fax machines. (laughs) Right. Um, And so the field is very slow to change in general. And so we're not seeing others like us out there yet. Obviously, with, with COVID, there's a huge push toward teletherapy and different, different platforms to give people more access. Um, but nothing really yet that's really empowering families and building collaboration between these team, mem- team members. And also, of course, being able to track if what you're doing is actually working.
0: That's the big part, actually knowing if it's working. Because if you can see something's not what it's supposed to be doing, you can start course correcting where you can be going on for a long time and just absolutely wondering what's going on. I think that's just so empowering to
1: be able to see it in action. Well, yeah. I'm yeah. a teacher. If I'm a teacher or if I'm a speech pathologist or if I'm a physical therapist or a behavioral therapist, you're, tell me what I'm going to see. Is there a site that they can go to right now yeah. that they can download anything? So where are you in that? Because I'd love to get it in the hands of people, particularly now during the summer as we think about what happens in the fall absolutely. or in the early, absolutely. Early.
3: So our website is integratedvillage.io. And if, okay if people want to go to the website they can learn more about meerkat village they can also see uh, an explainer video and uh, there's also a longer video that gets a little bit more introduction to the platform um, we are actually uh, we already have buyers uh, we're doing onboarding for those buyers mm-hmm. um, I would personally be happy if there's any parents or speech therapists or okay. teachers out there that are interested in just seeing what it looks like. You know mm-hmm. you can see pictures online at our website, but I'd be more than happy to to spend a few minutes and uh show Personalized the
1: platform tour to you. right I like it
3: yeah <laughs>
1: so what we'll do at the tech council is we'll connect you with um our science uh our science um former science teacher who's now on our staff on 40 by 80 and maybe help her help you Mm -hmm. navigate so that you can get some, some uh, testing capability to see how to integrate that across teachers, because that's really important. The other thing is this app is downloadable so I can have it on my phone.
3: So right now it's a platform that's web-based. Okay. So you can, it's very mobile friendly. So you can check out the website and the, um, the platform on your phone. Okay. Uh, in the next uh, year or so, we will be developing the the app. So uh not only the web-based platform, but also the the app.
1: So people who are listening and they that might have interest, what what kinds of jobs might they have? There'll be parents, of course, right?
3: Yeah, so it's... It's definitely going to be parents. It's going to be teachers, especially early childhood or early intervention teachers, okay.
1: um,
3: who are trying to build relationships with families. Uh, it could be um, medical professionals, therapists, psychiatrists who are wanting to bring uh, a really value-added tool into their practice. Okay. Um, these are the types of um, these are the types of users that that we have in our platforms. Um, but the platform is amenable to, you know, inviting your child's baseball coach in, uh, or inviting, wow, um, your, wow. your child's, uh, you know, Hebrew teacher or Sunday school teacher. Right. So it's about not only bringing the professionals together, but all of the adult supports in the community around Anyone that, that
0: child. With your child as far as.
3: Absolutely. That's Anyone. So awesome. mm-hmm. I, yeah. see, I get so excited oh, when to hear about
0: this because like, this is a big problem and it inspired you to create this solution. And it's, I just love it. That makes me so pumped.
3: I mean, I have, I have lived this day in and day out in a huge way for 16 years. Yeah. And so I, I get goosebumps just talking about <laughs> the the degree of just communication and change that can happen. Um, it, one needs little, happen. Yeah,
1: it's really it needs great. to happen. It's really great. And it's a celebration on the time of the 30 year mark of the American Disabilities Act Definitely. because this, there really hasn't been successful inclusion of whole life of people. That's right. I, and That's I have right. too many friends and colleagues who have had experiences like yours. So right. you want, So tell us the website again and then just real quickly remind everyone that you also have another company.
3: Absolutely.
1: So,
3: so yeah. So, Integrated Village is the company. Uh, The website is integratedvillage.io, and the product is Meerkat Village. Uh, And as Audrey mentioned, I'm also the founder and CEO of Everrise, Mm -hmm. um, which is a company dedicated to helping build leadership and strategy and technical organizations uh, so that they can become, you know, highly innovative, sustainable. uh, companies for the long term
0: such cool well, stuff.
3: awesome
1: i'm exhausted listening to you it, it is thrilling to hear <laughs> your energy thank you for building a, a hopeful tomorrow for many people who are young and even people after the age of 22 who are out of the school systems Absolutely. i can see that this is very effective in yeah. terms Absolutely. of you know connecting people with their whole life so mm-hmm. thank you crystal morrison for joining us thank you, you for all your energy And uh, who knows, we probably have time for a third company soon.
0: No third company. (laughs) I
3: don't know. I don't know. But uh, always grateful for the Pittsburgh Tech Council. Love you guys and everything that you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was great seeing you.
0: Crystal, you're making the Pittsburgh Tech Council in the region super proud because these types of solutions that only come out of Pittsburgh and that's why we had you on Tech Vibe Radio. And that's why no one's getting their money back. Because everyone agrees it was an awesome interview. Simple as that. <laughs> we're taking Good a quick stuff. break. we got a lot more Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. This is the Tech Council on our brand new website at pghtech.org. Nerd out there and have some fun. We'll be right back. I am very excited about this next guest we have, Audrey. Because, you know, we were just talking to him last week. And I didn't realize this guy's going to be on the show again.
1: I know. He's a repeat. <laughs> that's Okay.
0: I think it's awesome. No, I am so pumped. I'm like, wait a second. This guy's running a little company here called Keekso that's working on some really cool AI engines. And I get kind of nerdy about that kind of stuff. Even though I don't know much about it, but I'm always just completely like entranced. So we have Chris Harrison back on the show when he's not like rebuilding computers from 50 years ago. <laughs> he's also running a really cool AI company in Pittsburgh. Chris, yeah. welcome to the show.
1: He's what I would call a backwards forwards guy.
4: Yeah, you got to look both ways if you want right. to know what's coming in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Great. Right. So, tell us about this company, and are you, and what's your role in the company? Are you the founder?
4: So, I'm a co-founder and I'm CTO, uh, and uh, our CEO and the other co-founder it, uh, heads up the office that's in California. So we have a kind of a split HQ. That's like great. Split okay. HQ.
1: So, tell us about the company.
4: Give us the the elevator pitch, and then we'll jump in the into
1: yeah. What out. are you solving?
4: Yeah. So so Kikso started as a machine learning solutions provider for the mobile business. So okay. smartphones and things like that, embedded systems, edge mm-hmm. computing. Um, and we uh, shipped a lot of different units, different kind of products uh, that were more consumer facing that we showed at CES, won a bunch of awards at CES. And then over time, we realized actually that our technology stack that we've been using to make these very advanced kind of AI engines for mobile devices, which is a very special context, very, you know, constrained in terms of compute. They don't have a GPU. Um, we turned, we actually found out that that product, our internal tools was actually really powerful. And so we've launched a new product called AutoML uh, at the end of last year, uh, that we started to give to customers that they can use our internal tools now as their professional development program.
1: So is this like, um, would you say you're going to be Kiso inside?
4: No, yeah, maybe. So we do, I mean, on some, on certainly on some phones, you can actually uh, go into the about like a uh, page or in the, like a uh, phone information page and you'll see our logo in there. If it's running our software mm-hmm. and we are running are you- on something on the order of 350 million smartphones right now.
1: What are you
4: serious?
1: Really? Wow. Are you taking investment money right now?
4: No, not really. I mean, we're always happy for people to knock on our door, but uh, we've got <laughs> uh, we've had some really record quarters recently. And so we're, you know, we're profitable. Uh, with our head All right, well, then forget it. Jonathan and I aren't
1: going to give you any money. But, yeah, well, okay. We were
4: going to, but now we don't have to.
1: So, how many, how, um let, let's think about this. So, you have half of your company on the West Coast, the other part here,
4: how and a couple of offices, offices in Asia as well.
1: Okay, so how many people in Pittsburgh, and are you looking for talent?
4: Yeah, we're actually hiring right now, bringing on a lot of people right now. Uh, we have ads out. Um, we're probably about a headcount of 20 right now. I haven't been in the office in so long. We have quite a number of interns as well. How many so accounts I have higher, that. You Can't see everyone in the one Zoom screen is all I know. You have to sort of exactly. different Zoom panels.
1: And so who are your customers? So who are you selling to right now?
4: So in the early days, we were selling to the big mobile phone OEMs, right? The sort, of, the sort of Samsung's of the world. Okay. Uh, now we're increasingly selling our core technology. Because again, when we, we, cutting our teeth in the mobile industry was really interesting because they said, oh, hey, you, we want to apply machine learning to touchscreen data. Um, but we, we're only going to give you one millisecond of compute, right? And it has to, you know, take wow. this little amount of battery, and you can only run in 500 kil- kilobytes of RAM. And we're like, how do you run advanced AI in such a small... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and it, well, everyone else is going to the cloud, right? They say, we don't want to go to the cloud. You can't go to the cloud for a touch event, right? right. on the right. machine, right? It's got to run on the machine, and we don't want to slow down the touch screen, so it has to be really fast. And we're like, well, that's pretty tough. But by virtue of doing that, we got really good at taking sort of advances in AI and packing them down to run really fast and really lightweight on these small pro- uh, processors. And so by building that out, it took us two years for our first commercial product, you know, that went anywhere. And then now we've been alive for, you know, six or something years at this point. And so we've got this really amazing platform. And so now we've released that as its own standalone product. If anyone's developing machine learning AI that has to live on a small processor, not a big GPU that's on some gigantic cloud farm, you know, sitting in some warehouse, but has to run on that little tiny device, that consumer device that might only cost 10, 20, 50, maybe $100, like a thermostat a toaster, whatever you want. You want to put oh, wow. smarts in a there. A true module in a car or something like that. Right. Uh, you're going to turn to development tools like what we're offering in this AutoML platform. And so it's really just sort of a consumerification of our internal development suite that we've been using for five years. Right. And now our new customers are not some OEMs can use it too, but it's more of the chip makers or the sensors makers. Now, someone's making an accelerometer and they say, well, we want to do step counting, or we want to do, are you running? Are you bicycling? Well, that requires machine learning to live inside that little... Two dollar accelerometer. How do you do that? That's a really tiny computer. In there. Wow, that's so crazy. That, and
0: you guys make that happen. That's so yep. cool. So it's, it's like the bulkier engineering happening
4: here in Pittsburgh. Yes, our our main kind of R and D facilities and all the machine learning, you know, kind of talent is here in yeah. Pittsburgh for oh, good reason because awesome. it's an awesome place.
1: And so when when you're selling your product now, right? How yep. are people finding out about you? So what's what's that strategy? I mean, so we, got,
4: we yeah i mean we are people who are in that industry know about us so when we a lot of the big kind of uh, events that happen in that space you know trade shows um you know like arm had their big arm con you know where all right. the vendors that use arm processors come which is pretty much everyone and they right. invited us to come and present on their own floor in their own kind mm-hmm. of private thing so we're getting an increasing number of invites to show off the technology working with partners we have partnerships with people like Qualcomm. I mean, all the kind of heavy hitters are doing machine learning. They're inviting us to participate and and, and have kind of uh, formal partnerships with us. Bosch as well. Um, so, so that is good visibility. Um, but also at the same time, our new product is fairly niche. You know, before we sort of lived kind of under the the, the carpet, you know, inside of someone's mobile phone, no one really knew that we were even right. in unless they went through the settings. Uh, and now we're sort of a development tool. So it isn't really consumer facing. So we're not like a, a name brand that a consumer would know.
1: Right, right, right. So but so what about COVID? Has COVID affected yeah. your work, your performance, either positively or or not?
4: I mean it has, I don't think it's helped our productivity as, as in terms of a company, but it has opened up uh, interesting use cases that you know a lot of customers come knocking on doors saying, hey, we've got some sort of door sensor, you know, like you look at what's happening in right. the supermarket, they want to count ah, hundred people, okay. in. yeah. Sure. Sure. You can deploy right. something $500,000, you know, face recognition system, you know that, but that takes time, takes money. So a lot of people are looking to add that sort of little dusting of magic onto existing right. infrastructure. And, you know, you can do that with clever machine learning. So we are getting, uh, you know, it's not like a business we really want, you know, I think we'd all not prefer, you know, prefer this not to right, be Right, Yeah. But it has opened up some interesting business avenues.
1: And so what about um, the kinds of people that work for you? What are some of the skill sets? And what are you
4: looking for, like in terms of expansion? So in the Pittsburgh office specifically, uh, we have a really awesome machine learning team, and they come from very different backgrounds. We have the kind of more traditional computer scientists, maybe even someone who took a master's degree at CMU in machine learning. But we also have uh, economists, we have roboticists, we have Mm. uh, physicists, we have um, uh, neuroscientists, and, and, and the list goes on. And mm. what's really interesting about it, actually, really like, first off, the, the team lunches are awesome because we go into like really <laughs> talk a lot about history, talk a lot about technology, talk a lot about biology. But what it means is that each of these different fields, like, you know, what an economist uses to understand data, what a neuroscientist uses to understand data right. are quite different. They have different tools. It all, you know, has a similar mathematical kind of, you know, foundation. But what kind of tools they can pull out of their toolbox of skills to attack a problem when someone comes to us with an interesting question is awesome. So it's a great team to work on because Mm -hmm. there's really an incredible depth there.
1: And so what do you think, like, you know, um, people are probably working from home now. That's Mm -hmm. probably, what do you think for the next six months? Are you going to bring people back to the office? Or do you think that you've been able to use this interdisciplinary model through the virtual world
4: effectively? Wow, that's a really tough thing, I, and I'm also not like you know in every meeting on a day to day basis with the engineers, so sure, it's a little hard sure. for me to extrapolate. Um, I would say that you know we are cautious. I think we actually closed the, our office here before really you know it was a right. common trend to do. We did that out at of, of an abundance of caution. I think we, there was a, a desire to uh, to open the offices, but I think we're going to follow sort of the science on this and and follow the guidelines. Um I think, we, I think we were on track, like many people were, that when we saw things were improving maybe a month ago, like, oh, it's sort of this glide path back to some sort of degree of normality. And now it's sort of hit this you know, hockey stick, which no one really expected. People did expect it, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's worse than we might have imagined. So I think it's going to be a while before we really have any concrete plans of re-inhabiting the office. But certainly everyone likes to. Again, it's a really collaborative atmosphere. We're all sitting in a shared space. So there's a lot of discussion. Right. Um, and we do miss that. All of us miss that.
1: But there are probably ways that you can continue to do that. So what positions are you recruiting for right now?
4: Mostly uh, it's software engineering and machine learning and data science, Um, especially if if you're good on sort of the kernel or web front. I mean, two opposite ends of the spectrum really low or really high. Um, Those have uh, needs, and they can see our job postings on our website, uh, QEXO.com, Q-E-E-X-O.com.
1: And then, then we can also look for, if I'm, if I'm living outside of Pittsburgh and I'm not ready to move into Pittsburgh, would
4: you still look to hire me? Uh, I think it's a case by case basis. Um, we certainly will not turn any qualified applicant away. And so we encourage everyone to apply. Um, and actually, I would say half the office are people that have moved to Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. Texas, California, New York. Um, so right. uh, so it's a, it is a hub to recruit people. We it's normally great. fly them in for on-site interviews, and that makes it great. Right. And where right. are your offices when you did have offices, or we'll go back to your offices. <laughs> in the part of town you guys are in. Yeah, we have great offices in East Liberty on the top floor of a building. We're kind of across from Duolingo. Ah,
0: very uh, cool. Okay, great. You that's ever throw, awesome. like, softballs great. over, try to hit their windows?
4: Yeah, well, we've been building up our muscles to challenge them <laughs> to a football match. So. <laughs> they outnumber us a little bit right now, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, thank you, Chris. Thanks for being back. And people can go to Q-E-E-X-O, and you can find out more about them. And uh, they are definitely one of our rising stars right here in our region. And really appreciate you building that part of the company here, Chris.
0: Absolutely, man. Good story. Good story, Chris. You're the best. Thanks for being part of Tech Vibe tonight. You are making Pittsburgh super proud. That is for sure. Well, Audrey, another Tech Vibe under our belt. It goes by fast because we're having a good time. Love telling these stories. This has been Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. Once again, we're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Go to pghtech.org. Learn about all the things the Tech Council does. Help tech councils, help tech, help tech companies succeed. And I'll tell you what, I'm completely out of words right now. Thank God. I know. <laughs> Thank you.